Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. time. Hi everyone, Aspect Warriors and all. I hope you brought your fate dice today because this is not that 6++ show. It is Dim After Dark with me, your host, Hal Vesselfinger. Uh, we will uh, no doubt be used to another host, that my good friend Tom. I'll be doing his job tonight. I am your Farsi, a Swissly, and I, uh, I am joined by the strands of fate that will be put sweetly by our wonderful conversation. I have the fortune of being joined by the wonderful. Oh, no, I'm listening to myself. Uh, of being joined by the wonderful Aaron Wilson. Aaron. How are you today, Mr. Four One? How are you feeling? Feeling very good, very good. Good yeah. to see how, you again. How, yeah, good to see you again. How are you feeling about absolutely smashing four people this weekend, and how you might have upset them this weekend? I'm feeling brilliant about it. It was it was so good, uh, especially oh. some of them. A particularly individual one was really good fun to upset. But yeah, no, it was a great weekend. Uh, in all honesty, no, I've been trying to get a four one. It has been my goal for the year. So happy to have achieved it. Wonderful. I'm very, very happy for you, and uh, I'm glad that you smited your enemies. All right. Lewis. We're joined by Lewis, the token TO of 6++. Uh, it's wonderful to have you here. To have you here, Lewis. Are you relieved that the weekend is over after a successful event? I am very relieved. I'm still tired. My feet hurt. My knees ache. Everything hurts. But we did it. We got through it. And actually, it was amazing. So happy to be here. Wonderful to hear. Wonderful to hear. Good stuff. I've also joined by, uh, I think, 4-1 as well. 3-1? 3-2, was it, Franco? 4-1. Sorry, fellow 4 Don't take it away from me. I finally got it back. Don't take it away from me now, please. Right. <laughs> fellow 4 one um, yeah. uh, Franco, with his demons. Uh, Franco, how are you doing? And have you got over your loss to Aaron yet? <laughs> no, I have not. Um yeah, I, I had a re- it was a great weekend, as it always is at Saffron events. Um, just unfortunately, that the loose to some absolute <laughs> bastard. It was a really good weekend. Even the loss was, was a great game, great fun. So, Indeed. The friendly rivalry never ends at 6++. Plus plus plus. Uh, well, then we'll move on to a very, very strong, good, powerful friend of mine as well. Uh, the wonderful Tom Lohman. Tom, Hello. how did Drakari do into Chaos Knights? Drakari don't love Chaos Knights. They Drakari don't. don't love Chaos Knights. It's not their favourite matchup. No. You escaped once, but they came back to get you, didn't they? They did. But you, can't, you can't outrun your destiny. That's the way it works. Outrun your destiny. But a very strong performance by yourself this weekend. Yeah, luckily I did uh, play Tyranids at one point, so I was all right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Uh, not my Tyranids, but no. some Tyranids. No, no, not yours. Because I am an above-average Tyranid player with a win rate of 40% <laughs> versus the weekend that was 23%. I'm almost double the average Tyranid player. That's very good, isn't it? Yeah, a very powerful performance. Um, all right, cool. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be doing a event recap. I know this is a very obscure concept that you'll have never seen on any 40k podcast ever before. But we will be talking about the event that has just happened this past weekend. Um, we'll see how that goes and maybe we'll do it again in the future. We're then going to move on to a little bit of 10th tenth, tenth talk. 10th tenth talk. 
and we're going to enjoy finding out and talking about some of the new rules coming up in the world of Warhammer 40k. But first of all, let's crack on and talk about the weekend just gone. Lewis, would you like to give us an introduction to Saffron Slam? Uh, what We were all there this weekend, but you tell us your kind of synopsis. If you were selling Saffron Slam, so on, tell us about the event. So, the Saffron Walden Grand Tournament, the Saffron Walden GT, which has just been, um, is an event that me and a couple of mates have been running now since July 2021 was our first one. Um, we've been growing in size at each event, um, we're up to 50 players this weekend. It's an event where we are trying to do something a little bit different to the usual competitive 40k scene. Um, in our opinion, that's very well catered for in, in lots of other really excellent events. So. What we're trying to create is a uh, an environment where people can have really, really incredible games of 40k, really tight games of 40k, intense tactical experiences, but on thematic boards and in an atmosphere that, in in my opinion, is a little bit toned down from some of the competitive style. It's not too cutthroat, if you know what I mean. So we try and create a really, really positive atmosphere. We try and get some really amazing boards uh, out in front of everybody and, and let people play on something a little bit different that they're probably not used to playing on. So um, that's what we try and aim for. Um, and uh, Touchwood, you gentlemen all on this call have, uh, have experienced some, some of you several times now. But this was this was your first event for a few of you, um, and hopefully you would agree we've managed to managed to achieve that. Absolutely, it was. I, th- I thought it was a really interesting tournament. And what kind of spurred you to create a tournament like this? Because obviously you could have just went, "Hey ho, we're going to have a really competitive 40k tournament, and we're just going to smash it out of the pack." What what was there an inspiring moment that got you into creating this event, or was it just? Yeah, so a, a couple of things actually. So the, uh, the I mentioned it earlier, but those those competitive events are well catered for. I am not going to be in a financial position to be able to compete with the size and the scale of those events. And actually, if you're playing for space points, then bigger events are you're going to get more points from those bigger events, aren't you? So if if I accept the fact that I can't necessarily compete for scale, I need to try and do something a bit different that might attract people to my event. That has something a bit a bit new. Um, secondly, we're in a position here in Saffron Walden where the 40k community is quite small and quite new. Lots of new players, lots of younger players from the high school, um, and actually we're in a situation where some of those players probably don't really want to go to ridiculously competitive events at this stage in their 40k journey. They they want to have have a bit more fun with the game, if you know what I mean. Not not saying that the competitive events aren't fun, they're just a bit different, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and also been inspired by the guys at SN Battle Reports. I, I chatted two weeks ago about my experience in Gibraltar, um, and that came off several other visits to, to The Rock to play 40k there. And, and they really focus on their terrain, they really focus on the boards being really evocative of, of all the different lore that feeds into uh, feeds into 40k. So, um they are uh, they're all all kind of things that have inspired me to do that um and as i say i just wanted to create something a little bit different um as much as i love those competitive events and i go to loads of them myself after five six games on exactly the same boards over the course of a weekend i do start to get a bit bored so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'd no, like I to do something a bit different no i think it was really great it was there was a lot of variety there you um uh, you, you obviously, you've done this a couple of times now. So, what was different? What did you try anything for the first time on this occasion that you hadn't tried before, or introduced something for the first time this time that you hadn't tried before? Yeah. So we um, a couple of new things. The venue was new, so we were in a, a, 
uh, in the town hall in Saffron Walden, which is an old sort of 15th century uh, market town hall building. Um, so it's got big stained glass windows down the sides, portraits of random important people and the king and stuff on the walls, big balcony and, and various other things that make the venue, I think, in my opinion, a little bit unique. Players go up a big red carpet when they first come in. They go up all these big grand staircase in, into the hall. And um, in my opinion, it's quite quite a unique venue and that looks really cool. So that, that's a bit different. Obviously, the size is very different we've we've only ever done sort of rtt size stuff up to 24 players before so this was a big jump up to 50 players um so that was a big change um we tried to keep some of the stuff from the smaller events like the free teas and coffees and handing out biscuits and speaking to all the players and that sort of stuff we try and do on the smaller events to keep that going um and uh, we obviously had a much bigger prize pool this time around so funded partly by sponsors but also by uh, by myself in terms of dishing out prizes to lots of different people and actually what we found is when we started announcing prizes throughout the weekend for the kind of random spot events it was really really great to see members of the community and players that had come along to the event starting donating prizes out of their own pocket as well so um, shout out to all the people uh, yeah Davey you're one of them giving us some uh, Michelin star beer um, which was, was very generous of you very kind of you um to to crazy things that happened during the weekend whether that was 12 inch charges or double six perils Love killing it. a hive tyrant and uh, <laughs> yeah franco you won that didn't you with your with your bellicore charge into guardsman which was pretty charge. yeah and a, and a sentinel taking on 15 berserkers and then killing a uh, killing a land raider in close combat so things like that we were able to get our prizes for which is not something we've done before so so that was really good really good fun brilliant yeah definitely noted i think definitely noted how uh, th- i think the, the prize pool was pretty exceptional and when we did the winners for at the end you could definitely see how many people were winners of the event i think pretty much half of the group half of the event won something or was uh, as part of the winning prize so i think that's pretty sweet yeah um very cool all right so let's get on to some tournament recaps guys uh thank you for that intro lewis so tom we'll start with you my good friend okay uh let's let's hear about uh, your tournament experience Excellent. Okay. Um, I was running Drakari. This is partly because we were thinking about Drakari for teams as a possible option, but it was also because they're my favourite army um, and I wanted to run something I like for Saffron Slam. Obviously, Lewis is very keen to have us trying different things out and um, I knew it was going to be a mix of a mix of player skill there. That said, it was a list that I had designed, I guess, with three armies in mind. I thought a lot about shooting marines. I thought a lot about demons and i thought a lot about imperial guard because i think those are three of the most prevalent armies in the meta at this moment in time so i think i had decent tools and a decent game plan into those three different things um how much how much do you want to hear about oh apparently i'm very quiet there we go sorry i'm trying to move the mic a bit closer uh let's see if that helps at all try sticking it in your mouth tom I don't know what's I wonder going if there's a thing it. in your settings that might be able to to resolve that. We can move on to someone else while you have a play around if you want. I I wouldn't know what I need to do, but you can certainly do so. Yeah, go for it. Does that help? Okay. Yeah, I think it's a bit better. Is I think it's a bit better. We'll we'll go for it, Tom. We'll go for it. Sure. If anyone would like to tell me if I'm any louder, that would be great. Yeah. Um, is it better now? Yeah, it definitely is. Sure. Okay. If you're still having trouble hearing me in chat, you just pipe up and I will um will do that. So yeah, Davey, what do you want to know? So I want to know what army you took. Is there something key about your army that was super exciting that people can kind of get their heads around and say, oh, right, this is what Tom's trying to do with his army. Sure. And then I want to hear about each of your games, some uh, key, key bullet points. Sure. Okay, so it was Drakari, um, and it was a Drakari um, mixed. So I had two detachments. I had some Red Grief Coven, um, and Red Grief give you extra advance. They give you reroll charges, so they're very speedy. They help you get around the board. You get plus two on your advances. So Red Grief Witches are the fastest witches and some of the fastest units in the game. 
So I had some Hellions, some Reavers, some Blood Brides, and a couple of Succubus, two melee Succubus tooled up for killing stuff, one with a whip, um, one with uh, an Invun-ignoring Glaive Blood Dancer, which is very nice. So with Red Grief, they can also fight and get back in the transport. So one can fight, jump in the transport. The other one is the upgraded Succubus. She fights, she runs away. So you're getting hit by two Succubus over and over, and neither of them sticking around um, for you to do anything back, which is really fun. Um, and then alongside the witches, I had a bunch of coven, so loaded up for melee. So I had splinter blades, master torturers, so exploding sixes in combat and cheaper reroll wounds, which is really nice on coven. I had some talos. So the, the talos were the fun pick. That's the heart pick. They got given core back, um, but I don't think that makes them good. But I was like, talos on these lovely boards would be really fun. So I'd like, I'd like to get some talos involved. Um, and then I had some grotesque, big pack of six, two packs of three. Um, and a bunch of racks, and then three Incubi squads, some Venoms, and Drazar. So it's a nice list. It's very, very combat-centric. It doesn't really have any guns at all. It hides, it shoots, very little, um, and then it springs out and it fights. So as I say, I, I built it with Guard, Demons, and Marines in mind, um, and that was the stuff I sort of thought it had decent uh, play, or a decent, at least a, a game plan into. Um, and I was backing Lewis to make us some nice dense themed boards for me to hide on. <laughs> um, so, do you want me to, what, how, how much of the event do you want? Yeah, to just just we're going to do game by game by game. Game so by game go, by game. Okay. You, sure. you, so you do all your games. Yeah, no worries. So round one, I had Imperial Guard. Um, and this was into Louis, who was one of the, obviously Louis has mentioned that there are some younger players at Saffron Slam. Louis was one of those younger players. Um, and so I wasn't sure what I was going to be going to get when I turned up. So I kind of went ready, ready for anything, really. But he was he was prowling the board, deadpan face, very stern, assessing his angles. He had his very scary guardless on the side. And I was like, oh, goodness, he's a little killer. He's going to he's going to he's going to come and get me. Um, and I was on a very thematic board that I hadn't I'd helped with the setup. But this one didn't exist when I'd set up the day before, because I think it got did it get delivered, Lewis? Like It literally got delivered at like 8 p.m the night before and it was yeah. such a nice board i really had to go in early doors on the saturday morning and change really some other boards around to fit very it in cool map like it's sort of red rock canyons sort of thing pumpernickel games is it them yeah pumpernickel games have been making a lot of my terrain and uh, he yeah. makes it all by hand it's really incredible stuff um, i'm hoping to get him exhibiting at uh, the team's tournament in October, actually, so he can come and uh, and actually show you some of the other stuff he's been working on. He does a lot yeah. of Sigma stuff as well, so uh, if if people are after really themed terrain, then he's a really excellent supplier. Yeah, no, it's it's super cool. I think, Chris, the, our infamous dense fence from one of the bat, bat reps we did a long time ago was from Pumpernickel Games, so we're very, we're very fond of what they do. They make some very good terrain. Um, so this matchup was actually, I was quite intrigued because he had a Rogal Dawn, a bunch of Lehman Russes, he had Mortars, he had some Kazakin, all those good things. He had the magic horsey man. Um, he did have some rough riders, which was the coolest thing in his list. No disrespect, Louis. There were some other cool stuff in there. The Rogal Dawn's very cool. But uh, rough rough riders, obviously, very, very scary. Um, so the map itself for this was a sort of big rocky canyon. And I think it's fair to say that for the Drakari, it's quite a nice map because I can definitely get quite a lot of stuff up the board to then spring um, in the next turn. It's not that that's without risk, because if Louis had deployed very aggressively, actually, because of the nature of the canyons and you know, the skewing, he can, and there's gaps down them, he could drive forward and shoot through them. So there, was, there were risks involved. Um, but Louis deployed very defensively, very cagely. 
kept a lot of stuff back and especially the most important thing was that the Rogal Dawn was a long way back a long long way back and Rogal Dawns are really hard to kill and we were actually having this exact discussion in our chat today if you've got something that's really hard to kill you shove it at people you don't hide it you don't keep it back um, but I think um, Lou was protecting his, his beautiful battle tank so he went first he killed some stuff with some mortars but nothing I, when I play mortars these days I just reserve everything um, that a mortar would kill so he didn't kill anything and then I sort of jump forward and stage forward and then start swarming him. And in terms of the secondary game, the killer thing in this matchup is that Louis's got his boots on the ground, he's got the orders one that's a 15, and that's very nice. And then I can't remember what his third one... Oh, he took RBD. Um, and on my side, I've got a secondary game into guard, especially where Drakari are very flexible, because Drakari can take fear and terror in this matchup, which is a secondary they have where when something falls back, you get a point. When something fails leadership, you get a point. When you kill a unit, you roll two dice, and if you equal its leadership, you get a point. And also failing actions, but failing actions doesn't happen very often. Now, I don't know if you've played Drakari into guard. All of those things happen a lot when you get into guard. There's a lot of falling back. There's a lot of stuff dying. There's a lot of stuff failing morale, especially when you've got the little infantry squads. And because you've got grizzly trophies, minus two leadership on all your vehicles, you are literally trying to roll a five up every time you kill something, pretty much, to get points. So it... it very quickly becomes a 15 secondary I think unless you the guard player holds you at arm's length to such an extent that to be honest you're losing the game anyway so it doesn't really matter um, so in this game yeah I stayed sprang tied lots of things up the Rough Riders got one shot by a succubus which I did feel bad about um, but not bad enough not to do it <laughs> um, and Louis, Louis fought back very admirably and started shooting stuff and, and it opened up transports the Talos got they went through a tank and then the Rogal Dawn just deleted them absolutely brilliant like the Rogaldon just completely destroyed them um but Draz and, and the Incubi and other things had got into all of the sort of soft bits and sort of um cut stuff up there was one fun play in this which was that I had left some blood brides in strategic reserves and he teleported the Kazakin back into my lines to come and pressure my backfield and obviously then you can come in from your own board edge right next to them and and eat them up so that was fun um it's a trap it's a tra <laughs> it's always a trap um, but as I say, I was, I was really impressed with Louis, and he, he played it. He played it very well. I think the terrain was a big factor in me being able to get get up on him, and it, different boards would have been different. Um, and he he never stopped fighting and kept kept shooting away the whole time. I think the game ended with Leontes charging into a succubus at the back somewhere, just still still fighting, still going. Um, and so we had some some nice duels and some nice moments in there. And eventually, Draz took the Robo Dawn down at the back, and that was the end end of that game. So really, really fun start of game. And it was like, I, know, I think it was he, he scored sort of in the 60s, and I got 99. And this is the fun thing about the guard matchup is that Drakari, every time I've ever played Drakari, usually the highest I'm ever getting is 97. When you take Fear and Terror, suddenly, <laughs> sweet three extra <laughs> points. Next level. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly possible. Or you can get completely tabled and, and lose completely. But if, if it goes well, it can be really good. So, yeah, that was a really fun game. Very nice. And then who did you get drawn into after that? Round two, this was a really spicy game. I hit John King of Team Iceland, and John King had a Blood Angels list. And if you'd asked me about Blood Angels like a year and a half ago, I would have been rubbing my hands like, oh, lovely, lovely, yummy Blood Angels. Honest, Blood Angels going to come in swinging. I'm going to stab him in the head. Everyone's happy. But free Melter Pistols has completely redefined how this matchup works. Um, when I was running Flesh Terrors for the 1K event we went to a little while ago, I shoved Melter Pistols on everything because it's a no-brainer. They're so good. And what it means for Eldar especially is two things. They can open transports in the same turn they kill stuff inside, which they could not do before. 
that is crucial in terms of it completely re reconfigures where I can put things on the board. I can't get close because he can hop, shoot, kill, and then I'm in big trouble. But the other thing in this list was that he had them castled up around a banner. So as I go into him in combat to kill him, four up, melt a pistol in the face. Yikes. Very, very unfortunate if you are a T3 elf. <laughs> right? Yeah. Not what you want at all. Now, that kind of game, he's got like a big Sangard death ball sort of list. In a game like this, I always try and stretch the play, so I send stuff on the flanks, I keep stuff back. But I didn't quite stay back far enough. Because I find it really hard. Plus one to charge really throws off my ability to gauge what I'm looking at. And he had plus two on the banner as well from movement. Mm. So he identified that if, if he gave me another turn, I was going to start powering up and I was going to be able to get round him and start doing things. So he's like, I have, to, I have to go now. We were talking about it. Like, I think I have to go now. I was like, yeah, you absolutely do. Like You want to start hitting me now before I get better. I'm only going to get better the longer it goes on. And, and faster is the crucial thing. So he yeeted all three Sangard squads, big Sangard squads, straight up the board. And because I hadn't kept quite far enough back, I think they all had to make seven charges. So point on failure, that's fairly limited. Like, maybe, I think I could probably say maybe one doesn't make it, but I think, to be honest, with a reroll, every chance all three do. And they did. So he got 30 Sangard in the back, smashed up some Talos, smashed up some Grotesques, um, and then I counterpunch kill, like, most of them, but then half of those shoot me in the face uh, <laughs> with melter pistols. So Draz cops it to an Inferno pistol, which I'm sure people will be delighted to hear. Cause everyone, <laughs> everyone, he everyone, deserves it. Everyone, everyone hates Draz. Up. And I, I killed him off the flanks, and I was able to sort of muck around on the flanks. Of a clap, yeah. Um, and I was I was able to sort of muck around and uh, hold on, scrap out some points, but no, it was it was a heavy loss. It was like ninety something to I think fifty nine. I got so yeah, re really well played, really interesting list um, where the sort of castling up around the defenses completely did for me. I just didn't with my list the way it's built. I have no way to engage with that. Like if it's if it's going to shoot me as I kill it, I'm in big trouble. As long as he keeps tight to his banner, I did try and assassinate the banner with like a one incubi that I had left, and he just didn't manage to do it. That would have been very useful, but. Uh, not quite. So yeah, really good, really good result. Really nice to play, John. He was lovely, um, and he's a stalwart in Team Iceland. And, and yeah, so really, really good, interesting game. Brilliant. All right, so round three comes along. So it's the last game of day one, Tom. And what have you been drawn against? Charles Holland, um, who is playing Tyranids. Really, really nice guy. He is on Leviathan, and you know, this some of this might be familiar to you, Davey. He's got two high tyrants on foot with relic guns. He's got some Carnifexes, mm. he's got some Gargoyles, he's got the Parasite of Mortrex. I checked his list out, it's pretty cool. It's similar to the Leviathan list that's been doing quite well. Yeah, it um, is. But he's added in some stuff just to, just a bit of utility. Yeah. Uh, so he's got the Parasite, he's obviously got the Gargoyles, mm -hmm. but um, but essentially he's saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my side of the board and I'm going to shoot the shit out of you. Yes, that is very much very much how it how it looks to be, and it's got death, I think he had Death Leaper in there as well. Yeah. Zone Thropes, near a Thrope. So some nice stuff, and we were actually back on the nice red ravine of Pumpernickel Games again. <laughs> Clearly, my spiritual home for the weekend. I don't know if that was deliberate. Maybe Lewis was just keeping me on boards I hadn't set up for sort of <laughs> competitive integrity. Can get cheat. Although no, after the uh, after the first game, we rearranged all the boards, didn't we? So yeah, uh, you would have been able to get angle on that. <laughs> so they, they were they were different in this one because of because it was um tied to conviction so it's long ways over now and it's there's much much more m many many more angles on this one 
um, which meant that as I, I had to sort of creep and hide and, and get across from him, he um, he was able to to hit me pretty hard at range with some of those guns, and I did lose a bunch of grotesques and lost some venoms. Secondary game into into Tyranids is also really nice for Jakari because the issue Jakari always have is finding that third secondary that they can score well on because they're good at RBD, they're good at behind enemy lines, but the third one is the issue. And into Tyranids, you just do take them alive because you get three for killing a monster in melee, which you're going to do several times if it's going well. Put a Carnifex in a bag, put him over your shoulder, take him home. <laughs> um, put him in the menagerie, extract some poisons from him to test out on different people, all that sort of stuff, very Jakari, Jakari kind of stuff. Um, so Take Them Alive becomes a really good secondary here where, it, where it's often a bit of a struggle because you're trying to chase after characters that won't come and play. Carnifexes usually will come and play. They're not dainty, they don't hide at the back and bide their time. Um, so that was good. I mean, on this one, essentially, I think... I can't remember if I went first. I suspect I did go first. Um, and I think I just did the Jakari thing and very aggressively didn't let him have primary for ages. The speed on the Red Grief Witches caught him out um, a couple of times because I got into his zone throats, killed those, got into his neurothrope, killed those. He wasn't quite able to judge the distances I could cover from from sort of from hiding. And I think that speed on Jakari is still, still very, very impressive. Um, I'd say I really enjoyed Red Grief this weekend i think being able to make a couple of that extra two inches of ground is so important when you're trying to make sure you make combat every time and yeah the ignore invun glaive succubus just went into zone throats and just sliced and diced it was great um he charles was absolute champ really funny took it very well and we had a very good game and i think that was again it was like 90 something maybe 97 to um i think he was in the 50s can't remember exactly but yeah lovely game lovely opponent well done my man well done my man uh, then, so we had, so for context, we went into round four mm. with a hangover the size of a hot air balloon. Oh, I was so um, bad. On so Aaron, many, myself, and Tom all partook in some beverages the night before in the local weather spoons. And it was. Can I just was, say, Saffron Walden, for those of you who don't know Saffron Walden, Saffron Walden is a very well to do town in Essex. It's full of really nice restaurants, really nice bars, really nice pubs. And this lot, I left them in a very nice pub and went to go and pass out in my own bed. And they went to the Weatherspoons. Of all the places you could have gone, you ended up in Weatherspoons. Yeah, we've got Jack Asher with us. Uh, friend of the show, the, Jack Asher. One of the nicest Weatherspoons I've been in. It's a very nice Weatherspoons. In a while, right? It was pretty savvy. It was, uh, it, it, it was full of characters, let's call it that. Um, <laughs> an interesting place, for sure. Yeah, there was drama afoot when we were yes. there. But we weren't bringing it, we were just observing it. Uh, I think I think we had to rank hangovers. I think Tom was number one. So yeah, for went. round four, Tom, how how did your round four go? Round four was an interesting time because I'd been matched into Chaos Knights overnight, and Chaos Knights I know for a fact are a rough matchup for me. So I was sort of a bit daunted and wasn't massively looking forward to it. But then we got there, and we got a few minutes into the round, and and there was no Chaos Knight player to be found. So I was repaired on the spot into um, Ashley and Ashley was playing Imperial Guard so it was more Imperial Guard which as I've mentioned is one of the ones I've been prepping for because there were quite a lot of Guard at Saffron so I'd done a bit of thinking about Imperial Guard and I think the only way to describe this game is that I did what I did in the first game only it went even better basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically just very aggressively pinned him in um, flayed all his little infantrymen, blew up all his little tanks, didn't let him have any points. And um, his turn, my, I think my turn five started with my succubus stood alone 
on his back objective in the wreckage of his command squad who just charged into her to try and stop her. Uh, hadn't done a single wound and she'd killed all of them. So it was very, <laughs> it was very satisfying, actually. It was a really nice game. Um, actually, this was quite similar, but no mortars. I think he would have liked to have mortars. Um, Fear and Terror, again, was just amazing. And the, I think the the fun bit in this game, the, the Talos, I'd, I'd sort of hid them back and waited for some tanks to come out and and do stuff. And then when they did, the Talos came in and smashed up a couple of Lehman Rusties, which was fun. Then the Rogaldorn killed two of them this time instead of three. And then the Talos got to get stuck into the Rogaldorn at the end as well. So it was, they, had they a don't good like game. that here. They don't like that. No, tanks, Imperial Guard tanks don't like Coven that have large punching gloves with full rerolls to wound. They don't enjoy that at all because um, you do go right through them. You need the full wheels to win. That's why Master Torturers is so important, I think. But if you get uh, Master Torturers covered into a guard tank, it is going to die. Um, so that was, I think, 144. It was a good game. I've never scored 100 with Jakari before in my life, so I was delighted. Oh, wow. Well yeah. done. As I say, you physically Great can't because you, you take RBD most of the time. But in this one, I was like, no, no actions, just flaying. <laughs> <laughs> so with a hangover almost gone, uh, on the on the adrenaline delivered by the win, round five comes along, and what have you got, Tom? You can't escape your destiny, Davy. So I was I was matched into the Chaos Knights, piloted by Josh French. They um, hunted you down. They were like, I'd "No, Tom, to be, you're not I going think, away." To be fair, at this stage, because a few of the players had dropped the night before because they didn't get as many wins as they wanted. <laughs> um, In my non-competitive event. Yeah, from the non-competitive <laughs> event. Yeah, indeed, which they were there. I say a couple of them told me they were there for a good time. So, not a long time. To be fair, um, actually, only one individual, only one, only one person didn't message me. The other two or three that had to drop out did yeah. actually message me saying they'd been really ill the night before. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. There's no real judgment there. I'm just positive because I was, I was hungover and I had to play two more games. Uh, I'm not be, you should have seen the state of me and Tom. We, <laughs> we, we were not I good. crawled the, into the venue. I was so angry with Aaron in the morning because Aaron's always the one that makes you drink like two additional drinks before you go to bed. And he's always fine, like always fine. And there's never any consequence for him. He's like, 15 years older than me <laughs> and, and I am cross and he's just bouncing around like a happy child and it's, it's infuriating for he reference Davy is so the, the walls of the venue are painted white and actually if you stood Davy next to the wall you couldn't actually see him that's how pale his skin was <laughs> yeah it was pretty bad it was pretty bad um, so yeah, that was, I'd been looking at the top set of what was left and basically like demons or orcs in there I think I had game into. I don't know that I had good game, but I had game. I certainly knew what I'd be doing. Chaos Knights, probably more guard. Because guard is still, let's face it, a horrible matchup. And there were a couple other things. There were a few things in there that were scary. The Chaos Knights, I was always like, that's the one I do not want. And that is the one that I got. And Josh was a really lovely guy. We had, I think, actually probably more like banter and jokes and fun with this than any of my other games, which was nice, considering it's a round five game. I think that was really nice that we were mucking around and taking the piss a lot and both both sort of um, sort of digging each other a little bit. He was sort of laughing about how many units I had to push around. I was laughing about how few units he had. It was good. It was all a good time. Um, we were all this... laughing at how many units Tom had his bloodstream. Pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> and this, this Chaos Knights, I wouldn't say this is an optimal Chaos Knights list, but it's still very good. It had like seven armages with lots of cool little upgrades. Some of them good at combat. Some of them are shooting, CP farm, whatever. Uh, a Knight Desecrator, so a big angry melee one that's terrifying and then the unkillable night abominant so 
blessing of Dark Master, lots of stuff on it. You can't re-roll hits, wounds, blah, blah, blah against it. Eventually it becomes trans-hitman. So that thing is very hard to kill. And my game plan going into this is very simple. is like, kill everything that isn't the Knight Abominant. Boom. That's, jobs are good. That's what we're going to do. And Josh definitely knew this because in his round one, Josh pushes the Knight Abominant at me and goes, there you go. You cannot ignore this. <laughs> this is going to basically bother you all game. Um, and the way this, these armies interact, and it, Chaos Knights are a really interesting, right? They're super powerful into sort of utility MSU bullshit, which as people might know is what I like. And the reason they're good at it is they've got chain cannons. They can make your charges fail, which if you're a expensive one-and-done unit, you don't want to fail your charge because that's the one thing you're supposed to do before you die. And now they're just cutting the you doing a thing out of it and just <laughs> killing you full stop. So dread tests are amazing in that sense. As you know, they can also make you force you to target different units, so it's hard to like coordinate fire, those kinds of things. But turn four onwards, no obsec. Just take your obsec away. Which for mission play is completely bonkers. So that mm. the toolkit on Chaos Knights is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. For Drakari specifically, the other thing they have is a cheap minus one damage strat. And Drakari are all about that sweet damage too. Oh, they love so it. So that is quite the loss of efficiency for Drakari as well. So there's a whole bunch of tools there. Now what happens in this game is Josh, I think, is quite confident. He shoves the Abominant forward, but he also plays for all the flanks. And he gets very close to me because he knows he's got his you-fail charges thing about to kick in. But again, for the maybe the third or fourth time in the event, I am a lot quicker than people think I am. If I come yeeting out of transports, red grief, plus two, everything flies at you. I basically got it so every single unit I had was one or two inches away from him. About half of them failed dread tests. Still made it in anyway. Every single thing got in. And the issue I had with this one, the one I think the big mistake I made was that he had failed. There's a feel no pain aura spell that the Abominant casts, which finishes the job on making it unkillable. He failed it with a reroll which he was very stressed about. And so at that point, I was then like, maybe I have a nibble on the Abominant. Have a go. Because I had the issue I had was that there were a couple of units in the middle which could not reach the other stuff because they would fail dread, dread, dread tests and then they'd just be out in the open, so they'd be dead. So I couldn't get to anything that wasn't immediately in front of me. Now, what I should have done was take, I think it was like Draz, Incubi, and a Venom and some Grotesque. What I should have done was just not gone for the Abominant with those, flown Draz off to the, one of the flanks I was attacking, with the grotesque, maybe just go lock down the objective or wait another turn, whatever else. Um, get a bit closer and hope for next time. I think they'd have been shot to death, but that's that was the issue with the six grotesques on foot. That's not a unit I'm going to run again, because I don't like not making it to combat. I love being in combat. I hate not getting there. Those are, that's two things about me you can all know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, shouldn't have, I committed Draz Incubi Custodes into the Abominant, which I absolutely should not have done. But this turn, at the end of my turn, it was amazing. Going into the fight phase, I've got like th four little armages completely surrounded by stabby elves. Abominant surrounded by stabby elves. And Josh is just looking at this and just going, I am fucked. <laughs> 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 I kill all four armages. Beautiful. About half health, the Abominant. Also quite nice. But then it twats Draz on the reply, which is always likely to do. Um, and so I think that's the issue. If I'd had Draz for another turn somewhere else, take out another little knight, game gets a lot closer. Because I do kill through one or two more of the little knights. I think he basically has the two big guys and one of the little ones left at the end. But that's just enough to get him home. They've got very good secondary scoring. Hmm. And it was enough for him to clean me out and stop me finishing 
finishing things off. And then obviously, yeah, run out of obstacle, and then I just can't hold multiple points beyond that point as well. So really good close game. I think it finishes like 90-70. And I think either if the Abominant does somehow fall, fall over, which I think is actually very unlikely, or if I don't commit there, I think that it, it's even closer than that. So yeah, really, really good game. Josh played it super well. We, it was one of those games where we were both sort of chatting and discussing the options all the way through. Um, a really fantastic, fun game to end the, end the day on. Very nice. So you went the, the entire tournament 3-2, right? Yeah, 3-2. Yeah, which is, I'll, I'll be honest, going into a five-event GT with Jakari at the moment, that's kind of where I mentally anticipate being. I think that's kind of the threshold. I feel like it could go either way from there for them, depending what they hit. But that's kind of that feels kind of like where I'm at with them at the moment. Awesome, very positive, very cool, man. All right, yeah, it, was, oh, it was super fun, so fun, nice. To, and you think you're gonna, like you want to see out game. ninth with this with this Drakari? Um, yeah, I think I think they're definitely. I mean, for teams, I think Chris is going to make me take GSC because it's better, um, and I think that's well, fair bully. enough. Well, that's not a bully, is it? I'll be annoyed if we get there and I'm I'm not bringing in points we need then i'll be annoyed so i think it's good to run them but i think there's like one or two more events i might run and chances are it will be jacaria i was really enjoying red grief i think i would like to have black heart in there for vect um and for some dark lances a couple of little things and as fun as the talos and the big slab of grotesque were they don't get there quick enough so i probably need to make just double down on the fast stuff eating out of boats approach Rob Kimpton knows. Rob Kimpton wrote a list that I played against the other day that was like, ooh, that's nice. Like, ooh. be a shame if someone were to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shame if someone was to steal it. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's let's get a move on, on and let's Absolutely. hear about some orcs from uh, uh, number one, number, uh, but, but on goal difference, number one, six plus plus uh, player <laughs> of the tournament, Aaron Wilson. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, I took Orcs, um, pretty sort of uh, standard list, couple of kill rigs, uh, 30 Storm Boys, some Commandos, some Snaggers, the Gretchen, the Squiggasaur Boss, Sagstruck, some Truck Boys, some other knobs, and the only real difference was I put a couple of um, uh, Rucker Truck Squig buggies in for the out-of-line-of-sight out shooting, and they're pretty good into Marines in case there was any there, and they're just fun, something a bit different to have there. Um, but yeah, really happy with it, getting a lot of it done painting-wise and um, just happy to actually get it out on the, the table. Um, and first match I had was against Crichton with his um, Necrons. And it was a, a heavy warrior build with a couple of um, unnamed Catan uh, shards. And um, it was quite a cagey start. I think I got first turn and just uh, sort of just staged and let him come out. And he was quite surprised at my ability to re-roll all of my charges and make sure I get in everywhere I want to and just make sure I touch all of his units in enough places with enough of my units so that it doesn't matter where he takes things from if I don't wipe it out in one shot there's going to be something else there to take it down and 40 attacks off of a Stormboy unit chews through uh, Necron Warriors quite nicely um, but yeah it was a really lovely game it was Crichton's uh, second tournament so um Yep, just uh, going through some of the um, setup procedures and things like that. And uh, we, we only got to the end of turn three um, with uh, the timer came in, coming down. So I ended up taking that one as a win, 70 to 31. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, lovely opponent and always nice to obviously start off on a win. Um, I then went into a bit of a scoundrel. Wasn't I was not looking forward to my second round opponent. 
But I did draw Lee Jones with uh, Demons. Oh, God. Yeah, it's just so insufferable <laughs> to play Jones. against. Yeah. The one, the one from the TO chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, look, it's it's lovely playing into Lee. He's an absolute <laughs> delight and a gentleman to play into. You never have a bad game against the man. Um, and yeah, it was a really cagey game, actually, against Lee and his Demons. Um, again, I went first and I moved two squig buggies and went, shot them and went, there, you'll go. <laughs> I gave him some bait on one flank, which was a uh, one of my squig buckies behind a wall um, on a um, objective, just to say, look, if you want to come out and stop me from getting more primary points, come along. I don't really care. And then he he took the bait with his uh, fiends, and then I came out and gobbled all of his fiends up, and then used that to sort of start coming up the board. Um, it was very touch and go up until about probably the start of Lee's turn four, and then some things didn't go quite his way and I managed to just uh, sort of take down the final pieces of resistance and uh, pull it apart 79-67 to me. Hmm. Um, so yeah, happy with that. Um, I think there's a few things that were unlucky for Lee and his um, demonettes didn't quite turn up going into some units of uh, orcs and just didn't wipe them out on their own even with the re-rolls, left a few alive which just tied them up mean, meant they couldn't come and apply pressure elsewhere. But um, yeah, it was a Brilliant game against Lee and always happy to play against him. Um, my final uh, game of uh, day one was against uh, Taff Jones um, with his uh, Raven Guard. And this was very much, uh, we both deployed quite aggressively and it was very much, a, it felt like a toy cost on this one, who gets to go first and do what. Taff's aim, we're chatting about it a bit after afterwards but Taf's aim was to try and get into my warlord and punk him turn one um they told me so in the toilet I, as well yeah so he couldn't um so he couldn't uh call the bar etc now what were you just got <laughs> weird toilet chat so, yeah, yeah i'm gonna I, go and get his warlord turn one I'm any, like, yeah, yeah. Do, do other people not discuss their secondary people in the toilets at events yeah that? i was like that's my friend Aaron, and he's like oh yeah i'm gonna kill his warlord i'm like oh, man i'm not gonna tell him that but i really want to <laughs> <laughs> and then i went upstairs saw Aaron drinking a peroni with an angry face on um Aaron's not a fan of the band peroni and um and uh, and, and i assumed ah he's gonna be fine he's just gonna go rah church forward yeah it's pretty much and i was like the there's some jank he was doing. He put up a unit of um, infiltrators, whether it is like in no man's land, like just away from my deployment to be able to, they've got some warlord traits. So they can switch someone out that can't forward deploy and put them where the forward deploy is to be able to get like a thunder hammer unit in. Um, but I didn't, I, I was still, I didn't think he'd quite be able to get into him. I protected him enough so it'd be quite awkward to get enough people in without just going into other units. And he's very chewy anyway, so it'd be difficult to get through. So I think that's a bit of a risk. I got first turn and uh, Taff had deployed everything pretty much on the line for his aggression. And I just went turn one war and uh, launched 30 Storm Boys at him, some Truck Boys, even my Squig Hog Boys got in. Um, did uh, I think even one of the kill rigs got me? We we just went balls to the wall, and at the end of turn one, Taff had a unit of Thunderhammer um, Vanguard vets left, and his three characters. Um, he had a couple of things in reserve which came down on turn two, and then I ate them as well. But yeah, um, it went Ouch. very much well in my favor. Like I spiked, I had like the best dice rolls I think I've ever had in a game. <laughs> 
if I needed like, all my hits hit, I was like, obviously, roll, t- roll 20 attacks, four miss, but I get eight explosions. Like, it's just stuff like that going off. So I just chewed through everything. And then it, when Taff was obviously trying to, the opportunities he had to break back into the game, and it'd be like, right, you've got to make X amount of saves on your uh, five up, whatever. And I'm like, okay, there's four saves, four sixes, just like everything going my way. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really um, aggressive stance from the Orcs and just took the full pressure list against him and uh, took it down 100 to 23, um, which uh, Taff was saying is the lowest he's ever scored with them, and it's sort of what the the list does. It but, was yeah, a it was... brutal game to watch that one. Just looking at that and literally turn. I assumed it was like turn three. I was like, how could you be on turn three? You're only half an hour into the round, and it's like, oh no, this is turn one, and the whole board is covered in orcs, and there's like four <laughs> space marines left. Yeah, big guy, big guy. Cut, cut to Taff was a very nice man, but cut to him going home and someone saying to him, "How was your Saturday night?" <laughs> just sweeping up bits of space marine that's been scattered yes. across the hall <laughs> uh, so then Aaron, Aaron then proceeded to lead us all on a merry jaunt around Weatherspoons in, in Saffron Slam uh, Walden Saffron Saffron Walden Saffron Walden you get and, there oh, I get there in the end I get he there in the end he booked us a really good hotel as well hadn't he Davey yeah Aaron <laughs> booked us a really good hotel that was closed for business yeah. Uh, but then, to his credit, he went and then found us a new place but to the, stay, the which was The confusing thing about wonderful. the hotel that was closed for business is that we found it, opened the door and went inside it. It was very much open, but com- there was no one there. Like, it was, you know, like We were able to walk into the place, and then we rang them up, and they're like, oh, no, yeah, we're not trading. It's like, oh, well. We, we, did debate, we debated, just, yeah, debated just going and finding a room and just <laughs> settling but, down. But, but out of this bad thing came a wonderful thing in that the uh, the place we got to stay instead was absolutely amazing. It was super good, yeah. Yes. Oh, where it was, was it? Nice. Oh, it was just an Airbnb, but it was uh, it was super nice. And David they answered very quickly, and then like they were just like, days. "Yeah, get yourselves in." Yeah, it was great. It was very, so a big very thank cool. you to Aaron for that. So, Aaron, you've yeah. woke up. I would rate you as number three on the hangover. Uh, you are the least hungover out of all of us, given your whistling, incessant whistling in the morning, um, <laughs> and jolly approach to life. Uh, how did you get on in game four? And who are you playing? We don't. We don't. We don't need to talk about game four. Go to game. Go to game five. <laughs> yeah, so, Sunday yeah. morning, did you? Ruin? I, 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 I don't know. I was walking quite happily, whistling my uh, Disney show tunes, and walking down to the car park to retrieve our um, uh, miniatures. And I came across my opponent walking towards me, and the comment that he said was, "Which? T- how many turns do you want me to beat me in?" <laughs> and I said, "Oh, it's just as quick that. as you can, if you want." I said, "Like ter- three turns, if you can." <laughs> Pride becomes comes before a fall, frankly. Nah, he, was, he was putting on a brave face. I could tell I, at the time. <laughs> I set myself up for failure, I think, in that one. <laughs> oh, please don't stop, Aaron. We want to hear about how you demolished Franco. I think it's no, we don't. On. Oh no, yeah, his sounds not. On. Oh, his sounds not. On. Oh, no. Can we unmute him? Uh, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, so, no, we still can't. Yeah, he's completely gone. All right. So, what we'll do is we're going to do the run up to this game from Franco's point of view. And Franco is going to oh, kick off with his game yeah, one yeah. and tell us about his, his demon army uh, that would inevitably go four and one. Hit us up, Franco, with a brief description of your army and then briefly go through your games for us. So I'm running quite 
typical demon list, Bellacorp, unkillable bloodthirster, I'd flux master transweaver, 20 demonets, nerglings, horrors, um, two is a four fiend, soon as a five flamers, unit of four flamers. So quite, quite simple, just data sheets, throw them on the board and hope for the best. Pretty much how demons want to play, unless you want to go tricky with disciples, which I don't want to do. I can't be asked. I just want to punch my way out of, out of the situation. Um, so game one, I ran into a really nice dude called Matt, uh, running uh, Imperial Guard, which was, we were playing on the scouring, um, and I was lucky enough to play on all, all five games were on the competitive boards. So I had quite good terrain, um, and he had no mortars. So I was able to just line up behind the walls, turn one, do me actions, um, mother spoilers, get them off, and then turn two. He had left one unit of guard, like guardsmen out that didn't have um, remain vigilant on um, orders on them, so I could get in within like five inches of them. So I kind of just threw the Be- Bellacore Bloodthirster down into the center to go into them. Um, my fiends on the either flank charged up, and then it just proceeded to just kind of wade in. Um, his next turn, he couldn't. He struggled with his target priority because he didn't know what to kill. Didn't kill really anything or anything of note. And then again, it was just a case of just pushed him back. Eight his tanks, eight his um, command squad, eight all the guardsmen. He did throw the unit of um, five horses into Bellacore and he was like, I'm going to try and knock some wins of Bellacore. Proceeded to do nothing and then I just swept them off the board. So that was quite cool. But it was a really good sport about it. It was a really nice game, a really cool game. Um, probably one of my favourites of the weekend. Um, so yeah, so I think that was only his first GT as well. So you know, it wasn't. Um, I don't think it was the, the most competitive, but just to have really a really fun game or really fun games. Um, so that was that was a really good game. And then round two, I, for beating guard, my reward was playing more guard, um, and I got to play into a dude that I that I really really like. I played him a couple of times in the past. Um, Tom, um, Tom Cope, Co- is it Copin? Lewis, Tom Coppin. Um, was a bit of a grizzled old vet when it comes to the uh, just guard and all that as well. And um, but no, he's a really cool dude. And I think he he kind of rocked up and he was like, "Oh, I don't want to play you." And well, cheers, Tom. Thanks. So, um, <laughs> but uh, he had he had the he had the typical you know um, Barbikinski, Kazakins, nine waters, blah blah blah. And I wanted to really slap Lewis across the head in this one because he. You set up the big L right in the middle, so Bellacor had nowhere to hide in my deployment zone. And I couldn't afford to deep strike both the big guys. So I was like, cool. Bellacor just set up in the corner. Lucky enough, um, I restricted it so you can only get certain angles to certain things on Bellacor. He did fall into the trap of throwing the um, the key Kazakhans forwards, but didn't have enough CP to do all the strats on him. So he didn't do the mortal strats on him, which was, in my opinion, was a big mistake. Um, so we didn't really do it. I think it took like six or seven ways of Bellacore. Bellacore then jumped to the other side where he now couldn't shoot him because he'd moved in the position where he couldn't get an angle on him. Um, and then it, again, it was just a case of I hit him in the middle, pushed him back, and he just couldn't couldn't get out. The bloodthirster came down and he just couldn't deal with the bloodthirster. Because um, at that point, anything that could benefit from the finial was either dead or it was just las guns. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. Um, so again, a, a really good game. Poor Tom, though, he has some terrible dice rolls. But um, but yeah, it, it was. I like the guy match. I think it's quite good for my list. Um, but again, another another great game. And then 
I think Brown. that makes Tom uh, Tom Owen two into six plus plus in the recent weeks because he was the guard player my Imperial Fist took down in Gibraltar as well. So really... he's, oh, he's sick of six plus plus now. <laughs> Thinks we're a bunch I, of muppets. Had to drop that in, Lewis, didn't you? Had to drop that in, mate. I don't think you didn't mention the Faustian, you know, the fa you know, your beloved Faustian. Yeah. Um, so going through, I ran into, I forget his name. What was his name? You played him, Davey, the other team Iceland dude. Oh, man. Michael. Uh, John, John Mike, Hopper. Ma Michael. No, no, no. Michael, Michael. Michael. Yeah. Hooper. Um, God damn it. So, famous, Hooper's a famous Icelandic name. You might have put, you know, Hooper. <laughs> yeah, sorry, with, with that. Very ice Icelandic American accent, you know. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, I was an interesting game. Um, so he's running Baldi is horrible, horrible list. Like Very eight cool. units of berserkers, um, all the eight bounds, like demon fruits, rhinos, etc., etc. Triple spawn, um, and it just scores without doing anything. It just dies and it scores. Um, it was a weird game because we set up play. I found like to play on the clock. Um, he sets one unit up, I set one unit up, and I'm like, okay, your turn. He's like, I already set five more units up, set all your units up. So I'm like, trying to rush and get all my stuff down. So I'm already a bit frazzled by that. Um, but I went first, threw Fiends and Flamers up on one flank, cleared the unit of five, um, eight bound early. So that was quite nice to just get rid of them. Um, and then set up my other Fiends to kind of just try and block him out from running at, at me. Um, had both big guys kind of move forward to either side of the objectives just to be like, if you want to come here, I'm fine, but you're going to get punched in the face really hard. Um, and then it was just literally a case of he threw things at me, either killed the little stuff or just bounced off the big stuff. Oh, he's back. Can you speak now? Probably not. Yeah. Oh, you're a little bit robot though. Fuzzy. Well, let me let me get through this, and then we can talk to Ralph for the get up. So that makes, <laughs> makes it easier. So, yeah, you keep so on. it was a simple it was a simple game. It was he couldn't deal with the bloodthirster. There was one moment I threw the bloodthirster up, killed the rhino. He jumped his two units of berserkers out, and then it was a decision of do I tag them to try and stop them getting back, or do I not tag them so we can't really eat through the face cap? And I decided not to tag them, which he made a bit of a deal about saying, "Oh, you've just made a huge mistake there." Blah blah blah. And actually, I think it turns out that that probably was a game winning move to not let him because couldn't deal with Bloodthirst and the Bloodthirst just kept one side clear. Bellacore kept the other side clear. And then there wasn't much he could do. And even though he was scoring while dying, I just restricted his primary a bit too much. Um, so, yeah, it was a simple. It was, it was, I mean, World Eaters is always a bit of a dodgy game. Um, always tanked my scoring as well because I think I scored 81 points, which is quite a low win. Like reaching up the full five rounds, I really, but um, I really need to play Tyranid. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! If I get eighty-one, like yeah. I am, I'm doing the Macarena out of the room. <laughs> you say you you've had your time in the sun, right? I was going to say, Franco, <laughs> take some greens and paint them yellow, and then come back to me on what a low-scoring win is. <laughs> oh, I only scored eighty-one. Get in the bin. Carry on. Get so, in the bin. <laughs> so that needs to come up, and so I think. No. <laughs> just demons are amazing. Like, I love my demons. Um, and um, so, yeah, that was that was day one, 3-0, which I was quite happy with, which I knew that I was going to lose one of my two games on day on day two. And I knew I was going to lose it because I was going to play terrible because I always do. It's becoming a habit of mine. So we get into round four. So I guess we might as well talk about this one together. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I, out of all the matchups, I looked at every single one of them. The Admic was a little bit of a dicey one. Um, I wasn't too worried about any of the others. Like, 
Um, the disciples list run by Jack. I was actually quite confident into. I was. I was. No, Ooh, I, I that is a big call. That is a bite-sized background. Oh, no. I'm generally confident. I know he is. I know he is. Why do you, Why do you think I'm saying it? Um, <laughs> I, I'm confident in all of them. I wasn't too keen on the admec, but the matchup I really didn't want was Aaron's orcs because I don't like orcs. Orcs just munch demons, and it's not even funny. Um, so I, I think we both. We both. Agree that I did make a mistake in my deployment. I reserved way too much. I reserved yeah. the third, uh, to all my demonettes, and I, I literally, as as we rolled the dice and Aaron won the roll off and started moving, I was like, oh, "Damn, I've made, I've made a really <laughs> big mistake here." And Aaron just like, "Yep, yes, yeah." So, um, what did you do in your turn one, Aaron? Um, I charged all of your fiends mm-hmm. and uh, killed all of them, mm-hmm. and uh, then I. Just sort of budged up a bit near your deployment zone to say like, well, you've only got two units of flamers on the table. You've got some, uh, your pink horrors and that. And I was like, well, let's see what you can do because I've got my in-run going and see if I can weather it and then come and munch you a bit more afterwards. But yeah, so it was, it was a pretty um, direct approach on someone. And because you'd left so much off the table, it allowed me to do that without getting slapped back by the Thurster and the Demonettes. Yeah. You didn't have the full punch there so I could go in relatively happy that I was going to survive to be able to then put to bed the rest of them that were on the table so to be fair in my turn one I everything I could do I think I did like I killed a fair bit but the only problem is a fair bit in orcs doesn't mean a lot because you just have that again to come forward and and you did and you came forward again even though I killed what the knobs and the um, smasher boys and storm boys and all that in turn one you then came in and killed the horrors and killed at least half of the flamers that are on the board, or did you kill all of them? I, can't uh, I left two on the board. Two on the board. Oh, yeah, that was right, because they were stuck in combat. Um, and then your turn two, you just kind of, again, applied more pressure. At that point, I couldn't even get out of my deployment zone. You were yeah, I took your home objective on turn two. I charged the, 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 the boys across. Yeah. I took your home objective. and Oh, no! <laughs> but I think at the end of turn two you had um or bellacore on your characters and two flamers yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. um yeah, and, then, and then and then the blood starts to come down and the demon x came down and killed kill again killed their way out of out of the hole but at that point even though i killed all that i still had like the commandos on that side and you had your um your truck and your buggies and your kill rigs yeah. and yeah, at that point you just had so much of the board, and I didn't have enough left to push out. So I yeah, because like, I just I just screened you out of the entire half of my board, so you couldn't drop mm-hmm. anything in, and didn't bother bringing them into the game for that. So you had to drop in in your deployment zone, yeah. and just kept you there, so you couldn't score any points. Yeah, Fra- not Franco. Uh, Aaron has bad touched all of us. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't fun, and and I no, yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? It, it was, was like, fun. Playing it, was fun. it was very <laughs> fun game. It was very entertaining. It was really even, and that's the thing with orcs is even though when you're getting your teeth kicked in, it is still fun because yeah, it it, it's amazing, not. It? But, um, it looks amazing. Did, what made it better was just seeing all the the, the sharky squigs just coming at me, like all these <laughs> white, white squigs and blue sharks, and but that was wow, cool. We'll but get no, to that. it we'll was, get um, yes, we will. But um, it was a it was a great game. Like it, I can't lie, being run over that bad isn't the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. But when you're getting run over by someone who's a really cool opponent with a really cool army, you don't care. Um, so, what was the final uh, score, Franco? 
Oh, it was ninety-seven forty-six to me. There we go. So, which I, which is, yeah. But it is what it is. So I knew that was coming. To be honest, I, I said to Courtney, <laughs> I was like, no, no. Honestly, I did. I said to Courtney, I'm gonna lose one of these games today, and I have a feeling this will be it. Yeah, but yeah. then that just sent me into game game five. Really determined. Are we gonna stick with me, or are we going back to Aaron? We'll stick, with, we'll stick with you, Franco. Aaron, can you try and re- come back in because you sound like an Ekron. <laughs> yeah, he does have something of the. Um... Okay. The robotic about him. You can uh, do Banish another restart, him. and hopefully this Banish time you'll him. come back. Banish. There. Banish. So, right. I went into... Let's him off now, Franco. He's, he's not here. Uh, tell, us, tell us how you really feel. Nah, it's yeah, all right. He's, he's, yeah, no, he's, he's a not, sweet He's a brilliant... Nah, he's, no, he's, he's amazing. He's a great player, and I don't... Like, he, he took my mistake and was like, yeah, I'm taking full advantage of that, and he did, and he stuffed it down my throat. <laughs> so, um... Round it, five. Um, sorry, Franco. Is it um, is it Aaron that's only recently got into forty k, or is that you, Davy? Uh, no, me and Aaron got in about the same time. I think two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. yeah. Aaron, can we not pretend Aaron like you were very well taught? He was very well yeah. taught. Ah, yeah. Gotta wind him up, Lewis. Let's not have that. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he's trying to do. No, what? Yeah. No, that was that was not that was less Aaron had about Franco. I'm not going to out him. And more a comment about Aaron in terms of how he's coming on as a player. Frank Franco is what I'd describe as a ninth baby. So he's coming about halfway through ninth. I mean, to be fair, I think, Davey, you're the same, right? You both yeah, I came in uh, Stan Ice. Which I think, Wait, uh, I think whoa, 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 whoa. Who's a ninth there. baby? Aaron, um, Aaron is. You said, you said Franco was a ninth baby. That's what oh, confused was like. Franco is not a ninth baby. Franco is the size of a baby. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Like, looking at yeah, everyone in the team, I'm like, like yeah, all right. I think Lewis is the only one I can Aaron's kind of get close to. Aaron, give us give us some words so we can know how if you're not a Necron. I don't think I'm a Necron. You are, no, you are slightly in Necron. I think it's a little bit better. We'll we'll go for it. We'll go for it because we've only got one more game to go. But Franco, you go first, my friend. Cool. So round five, I was playing um, Matt with his Dark Angel. Dark Angels. What's the bikers? I can never remember. Raven, Raven, That's the one. So I played him at Peterborough a couple of weeks ago. I had no idea how to play the game. I haven't played Ravenwing in about seven years. So I'm just like, what? I, he gave me the info dump. It went out of my head as soon as it went in. And he, I played again, played that game wrong because I didn't know how to play into it. So going into this game, I was like, right, I know exactly how I'm going to play this. Um, so my Nerglings, which I had in this game, didn't have them in the last game, lined up on one side, Fiends on the other, so we couldn't throw all his bikes into my deployment zone. Um, I went first, so took the advantage, threw up uh, threw up the um, the Fiends and smashed into his attack bikes to try and get them. Um, just posting myself out, getting ready to jump forward next turn. Um and then in my next turn, so in his turn, he killed the fiends that jumped up. He killed the other unit fiends, which I was maybe a bit too aggressive with. And they didn't, they were just kind of in nowhere and I lost them. Um, and then he did get the Nurkins, but he had to bring himself out a bit to do that. His bikes kind of went down, but not where he guess he wanted them to. So Bellacor then jumped to the middle, spit out the Bloodbuster. Bloodbuster went in one to one bike unit. Bellacor made on a reroll the nine inch charge to get into the other unit. So Bellacor picked up half of one unit. The Bloodfuster then picked up seven bikes out of the other 10-man unit. Um, so, yeah, and and he just looked at it. And then my my flame, I set all my flamers up, picked up both of his big land speeders, Vengeances or whatever they're called. Um, so he was just looking at, like, what the, like, that didn't happen last time. I'm like, no, because I played it right this time. Um, so he was just kind of like, oh, no. 
So in his turn, he kind of moved out to try and see what he could do. He threw 16 melter shots into the bloodthirster. Nine of them got through. I saved eight four-plus saves, and then out of the five damage, I saved two of them on our opponents. He took three wounds, which I then uh, proceeded, which I then nice. proceeded to heal two of them back for the warp storm in the same turn. Nice. Oh, he was just he did, awesome. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> he, he just was like, "What is the point?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> and then, then Bellicon Bluffers turned around, picked up all the land speeders and the remaining bikes. The, the flamers picked up what was left of the other units of bikes and. It was yeah. it was quite dumb. We, I was think I was walking around, though, walking around all your yeah. It was I I felt like I was just, I was just like I am definitely going to beat this list again. And when Bellicon <laughs> made the charge and just like because he never makes his nine inch charge, and when he did, I think Matt was just like oh, for fuck's sake, like what am I going to do? Like both the big guys into my two important units, and so we um I can't even remember the score. I want to say it was ninety two fifty something or sixty something. Um, ah. Okay, but, so yeah. a, a, a clear win. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. was walking around. I was walking around everyone's games with like an hour you to go, were, which, was, done, which was quite nice. Super early. Yeah, which was really nice. And um, I mean, I could keep an eye on the other games and mm. um, keep an eye on like all yous playing and and all that. But um, but yeah, overall, great you event. Were, you um, were very modest as well, Franco. You didn't tell anyone that you'd got four and one. Uh, no, no. Uh, he's, he's, he's Leave me alone, right? He's like, on, he's like a hate finisher. He has to wait an hour for my award. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I um, I've been on not the greatest form as of recent. So to get back to that four and one, it it was awesome. It was really it was cool, good. and, yeah. and it was great. the last three events I've been to. He's won best chaos. <laughs> I I'm going to be fair. I thought I'd won it at this one as well, and then I forgot the the fucking admic was too many high. Well, I mean, if if Tom and Aaron had actually won their games, you know, I would have yeah, got this chaos. I'm sorry. But I'm I just so needed sorry. one of you fuckers. But one fucker decides to move one unit off his back to an objective and lose the game. Don't give it, oh, oh, give it away. He's just given off the. <laughs> Damn it, man. I didn't mention who done what. You We're came getting that to that. Way. We're getting to uh, that. <laughs> but no, as always, Lewis, great event. Probably my favourite events of the of the calendar in the UK. Um, oh, always the, great, the greatest atmosphere, great games. I always have great games. Um, and the trains, the, the train is always pretty. Even if I didn't get the plane in any of the pretty train this weekend, it is still always pretty. So um, very nice, very nice. Yeah. So let's get into Aaron's final game, guys. You won't believe what happened. <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> um, You're sounding a lot better, I think, Aaron. So, cool, take good. it away. Yeah, so I, I had the final game against uh, Mike Cheng and his Death Guard. Mm -hmm. uh, not played Death Guard, so any bit I really knew was stay 17 and a bit inches away, basically, or whatever it is, 18 yeah, and a bit. Which is which is a podcaster's meme that makes them sound a lot less dangerous than they actually 100%. are. Yeah. You need to be very 100%. careful what bros on podcasts say about Death Guard. They deserve <laughs> a little bit more respect than they get. They do, because they're very chewy and they're very slappy when you get near them. So they've got enough tools to um, sort of hurt you if you let them. Um, and look, I think it went pretty well overall, the game. Um, the minus one damage was obviously very annoying, because one of the things that I bought in for the um, uh, Space Marines was the Rucker Truck Squig Buggies, because of the two damage. You, you can normally eat a couple of out of a unit, but obviously... This wasn't, I was just leaving one on a wound and things like that. Um, but I definitely took control of the early game and um, pinned um, Mike into his deployment zone. 
and started to rack up some points. I was like, I need to rack them up because I know he's got a very good um, secondary game for the end as well. Um, but I think I just I left a couple too many um, uh, units able to be get, uh, got get into and stuff like that. So I think I threw away a couple of my resources when I didn't need to. But it was a very, very tight game, bouncing backwards and forwards by a couple of points for the entire way. And then, for some reason, in turn four, I moved <laughs> I moved one unit off of my uh, home objective, and I forgot to put the other one I was going to move on. Because I, I looked down and I was like, oh yeah, that, I've got a unit there, it's fine, forgetting that I was going to charge that unit off. So I had a bit of an end-of-game brain fart and done that. And then so we get into my turn five, and I'm like, and he's like, oh, you're on zero. And I was like, no, I'm on my, no, I'm not on my home objective, am I? Oh, yes, I'm on zero. Um, and then, so that that was pretty bad. And then... <laughs> <laughs> this close oh. to a podium. The podium was that you you had one no, no, foot on it. That, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not the only bit. I, I still had an opportunity to stop this as well. So then I then, with the because the reason I taken uh, disembarked the boys and moved them um, up to get near the center was if I could if I could take the center at the end of my turn five it means that he couldn't do um, uh, spread the sickness so even though I lost four points I stopped four of his points but then the other part was I was trying to and again I forget I was trying to stop him from being able to walk across into my get far enough into my last table quarter to get more points on that um, I can't remember what it's called now the, the, the secondary they have where you get uh, points again in every Explored table ground, I believe yeah. It is. yeah and I I charged into the rhino I just I just stuck them all in I forgot to trail them out so that he had to walk around and I was, not too bad but then he needed a six on his advance to get in far enough he got a six to get in on his advance Um. And so what ended up happening is Mike won 85 to 83. So if I don't do either of them, if I do either of them right, I win by uh, two points. Oh, man. Yeah. So and even even if I got two points somehow, I would have drawn and been uh, 4 four one zero, whatever it is, and still got um, a podium on that as well. Yeah, yeah. So I would have but been Aaron, second on that. Aaron, you didn't get a podium, did you? So, no. so stop banging on about it. But what you did get... What you I did made get, out like a bandit, though, because I didn't get a, a podium. <laughs> yeah, so what did you win instead, though, Aaron? I won Best in Faction for Xenos, and uh, for that I got a wonderful Hive Tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also won Best Painted, which was absolutely amazing. That was which awesome. is awesome, and well-deserved. Your army <laughs> is sick, mate. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah, that's my, that was my other um, goal that I said, I think, on the podcast at the start of the year, was to get a 4-1 and to get a Best Painted award this year. That was my... Warhammer hobby goals, and I've done them both, so I'm very, very both happy. Both in one weekend, how about The Saffron Walden GT, where dreams come true. <laughs> where dreams come true. That should be the new tagline, man. Did you, did you walk off the objective because your goal wasn't to get a 5 own? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I gave myself an opportunity to correct that as well. You were like, Le leave some room to grow, Aaron. Leave some room to grow. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blow it all in one go, mate. You've got you to no, think As me and Tom discussed on the way home, it's, it's those... That I, I I only play at tournaments, yeah, yeah and I, I've yeah. only been playing like my first tournament I went to was August last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so You're it's quite new, and it's getting those reps in so that I, you just naturally spread out the um, the troops to stop that. Because I'm not trying to kill the rhino, I'm trying to do it to get movement and block. 
and it's making sure that you and make the, make those become sort of second nature so you're not having to think about it yeah. and it stops those little mistakes creeping in and it changes that but yeah yeah, Amazing. Absolutely. Well, it, well it, done. It looked again. I came. I came. I had some time because I had been smashed up by big angry monsters as well. So I, I watched quite a bit of your game. And again, considering you know, it's, it's, it's a final round game, competing for podium places, it again just looked like you and Mike both had a great time. It was. It, it was. A, like a, it was again, really, a really, really game. good fun game. And uh, although, I think there's although, a sorry, there's a go, couple of things to note with that. Playing orcs like that as well, you have a lot of models, so you have a lot of stuff to remember over the course of a weekend. And I think that fatigue—it really is real. Um, moving 100 plus models every single game for five games is there's a lot to do there. There's a lot of dice to roll, a lot to think about, huge number of moving parts. So to get four and one and finish fifth is is an incredible achievement. Um, yeah. If and actually looking at Mike. I have not seen, and so I was fortunate enough to see quite a few of Mike's games over the course of the weekend. I haven't seen Death Guard player that good in a long time. Yeah, in, uh, yeah, yeah. People have joked that Death Guard aren't very good anymore, and uh, maybe that's the case, but I would bet on Mike uh, to beat anyone in the uh, meta at the moment very, with very that good. list. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's enough, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel too you, down you about it. If you haven't read Death Guard secondaries, just go read those secondaries. They're like, insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. That army, Except in one specific circumstances, which is the crayons up your nose, latest shoot you army, blows it off the board, which obviously does happen to it. Outside of that, terrifying. Absolutely mm. terrifying. I think I skipped over it, but Franco, you won an award as well, right? I mean, kind of, I guess. <laughs> I, you I, wrote I won two sixes. I, I wrote two sixes. I, I won... <laughs> so Paul, Paul's not too happy at me because he... Um, that's the second free ticket I've got to his event now. So I want to pick it to Peterborough because I rolled a double six, like, um, with Bellacore, which was quite funny. Um, Super good. Yeah, so, which is awesome. I mean, it's a, it's a free ticket, which I was going to go to the event anyway, which, again, he, was, <laughs> he wasn't too happy about. He was like, fucking Lewis keeps giving you my tickets when you're going to buy them anyway. I'm like, I know, it's funny. Um, nice. But, yeah. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out. Big thank you to... Uh, I can show it. Uh, Tom Green for his £5 super chat. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, don't read Tom, this out. Tom Green, you absolute babe. We will read this in detail. Here he is, Franco and his seventh place Spurs. Go on, you seagulls. Love you, Loman. See you boys in a couple of weeks for beers. Up, you goblins. That's Tom Green of Mind Goblins, who is an absolute gent of a man. Yeah, it's right. Absolutely. He's all right. Sorry, We're contractually obliged to We've show got to, all. We've really got to chat. stop going after the Spurs weak spot on the show. It's a bit cruel. We're not doing it to anybody else. Some <laughs> oh, of us no. had teams get relegated this week. Not making anything of that. That's true. <laughs> it's a good so week to be an Ipswich Town fan. That's for sure. There's no fun in clubbing seals. So. All right, we've got through all the players then. Um, let's move on to tenth chat. So, because um, no one wants to hear about a two-three turning player. <laughs> so let's go oh, on. To... You did a great job, Davy. Nailed, <laughs> yeah. nailed it in uh, difficult circumstances. No, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna uh, give myself. I'm gonna, what do you call it? Indulge myself. So, I will tell you about mine. I'll be very quick. Um, so my list was. Um, Gorgon uh, Tyranids, so we have uh, basically the kind of list I've been running all the time. Bit of uh, Hormigans, some Carnifexes to shoot some shit, 
Um, and we also have the Flying Hive Tyrant with the Reaper of Obliterax, which I've seen in a few lists recently, and I've thought, you know what? I wonder if that is still good. And, uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert, it's pretty amazing. Like, it's still really, really good, and I'm definitely the MVP for the Isai Weekend. I'm on this. What the fuck are Nids players doing with these walking gun tyrants, man? They're nothing like as scary as the wing guy. Uh, yeah, I think I think the I think having both is where I like yeah, to be with it because you can absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just shoot uh, the the walk it, the, you know, the hive tyrant with the uh, with the shard gullet at a knight, and the knight dies, and it's like, oh, <laughs> this is why it exists. I'm glad I had that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that just happens. Um, but then other times you roll three dice and get a one, two, and two to hit from a carnifex, or you're minus one to hit with the shard gullet, and and you miss everything, and that happens far too much. So if you can mm. get some um, Reroll to hits, which is why uh, our good friend, our lad who was playing Leviathan, uh, was doing so well. You know, he's got all these big guns and he's rerolling a hit every time. Yeah, the, really the rerolling adaptive definitely helps to smooth them mm. out. Yeah. So my first game was against Michael Hooper with the awesome uh, uh, World Eaters list that we were talking about before. Um, it's super cool. Eight times five berserkers, man. Uh, eight times five man berserker units jumping out of rhinos, getting that extra movement from the uh, from the guy in the on the the uh, Prince Avocado, I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, Prince um, Avocado, yeah. And just yeeting up the table. Um, it was very close. Uh, perhaps ERI would have won it by one or two points by the end, but I had a Carnifex whiff into an almost dead Demon Prince, uh, and that resulted in me losing a Carnifex, an Obsec Parasite, an Objective, and a Banner, um, and that kind of led to a 10-point gap between me and Michael. Yeah. So I'm overall I'm quite happy with the game because, as, as um, Franco said earlier, uh, well, these are very good. This is a very good player. Michael That's is a very good player. And overall, happy with the game, kind of how, how it ended up. Um, it was super close. And you know what? I think we're tearing it at the moment. I'm just happy to run him close um, with my current performance. So, no, really happy with that. Uh, then I played uh, game two into Harry with his Orcs. So, we only got to round three in this game, but I, I, I did win. Uh, he's a young lad. Uh, I think, you know, one of his first tournaments with a, a wide selection of units. Uh, we basically met in the middle of the battlefield and had a big fight, and the Nids came out on top. Uh, not much to report on this game, really. Nice ladder, wish him well in his 40k journey. Then we got into game three against Matthew with his guard. Uh, I won this one 63-59. One of my, my two favourite games of the weekend, and this was one of them. It was the most normal game. So it was like a uh, like in terms of uh, why it was my favourite, it was just kind of like a really great game between two people who were just enjoying themselves. Um, really fun opponent, great mix of competitive and actually here for the fun. So we only got to round four, unfortunately. And I think, I think if I'm honest, I may have took it around five if I'm honest. However, either way, I don't care. It was a really good game. Uh, but I bring it down. Uh, sorry, I lost this one, 59-63. So I was only four points behind. Um, I bring it down, kind of was stunted by the fact my counterfexes couldn't hit a barn door. Um, <laughs> only killing two sentinels over three turns of shooting, which is really, really shit. Um, uh, and then, you know, being basically i think basically being rogal dawned into the ground and i think that was really the changing point for me the reason why i lost the game um was not acting sooner and actually trying to um not acting sooner and trying to disrupt my opponent's plan i suppose i left it a turn too late to get my uh, flying hive tank to the battlefield i also left these kind of to keep to keep trying to blow up um sentinels and perhaps a rogue dawn and in reality i should have just went ah you know what we're going to scrap that and just push down one flank instead um so yeah that was kind of the learning from that is to not be as i have a habit of being like trying to be too um to have what you call it subtle with stuff and not actually just trying to bop someone on the head with uh, with the aggression I feel you. 
So then I woke up uh, on Sunday with a giant hangover, and I was like, it's cool, it's cool, guys. I'm playing Tau, so I'm not going to have to do anything until turn three anyway. Uh, I mean, I'll, you know, he's not going to do anything until turn three anyway. And I was, you know, went into this game. I played Tau quite a bit. I played against Aaron Lords with his Tau. I played against several Tau players. Um, this was my other favourite game of the weekend. Uh, not, and I'm, I'll, I'll spoil the surprise. They're both losses. Um, but still, <laughs> really, really good and different and interesting games. So I expected to see Kaohyun. So I deployed where he could get angles, turn one, if he moved right out into the open so that I could then snatch him in my home against, right? So I'm trying to lay a bit of a trap. Hopefully I don't lose too much, but then I can I can bounce back, get some free movement up the board because Tao don't really like it when you're in the deployment zone. Uh, I took behind enemy lines because this was conversion, so I wanted to sit on his uh, home objective. So I was like, right, I'm just getting up there and I'm going to get in his face. If he goes first, then this trap is laid. If I go first, I just go straight forward and just get in there. Um, he chose Monka. And almost, he had he had one unit left in his deployment zone and put away 700 points of my army um, in that turn one. absolutely hilarious. Literally, was, I thought the deployment zones were the other way around by the yeah. end of turn one. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, he took an hour on his first turn, however, um, and destroying 700 points of my army. And I was a completely shell-shocked. Um, but, but I did still have all my obsec monsters. I had my drop pod still to come in. Because uh, it hadn't been my turn yet. Um, <laughs> I traded quite effectively um, from there on while managing the score points to deny points uh, by killing his obsec, etc. So um, he did clock out at turn three. So at the end of turn three, I had to decide. Uh, and, this was, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because I do find it's an interesting topic that people find themselves in all the time. And I've always heard other people be in this situation, but never myself. Um, it was the question of, oh, my opponent ran out of time. Do I then share my remaining time with them? Um, so, an interesting conversation. Um, I, for sure, would have won if I did not share it. But I believe I would have been buried if I did share it. So, I kind of had this um and ah decision in my head. Do I want to? How do I want to win, or do I want to kind of reward this guy for absolutely having an amazing like first turn? Uh, I felt like it was. I, at the time, I was like, no, this guy's done awesome. Like, I don't feel like I deserve to win this game because this guy's absolutely buried me. Bear in mind, I hadn't figured out the score at this point either. So I was like sitting there going, what do I actually do? Like, do I do I do this or do I say, well, you know, do I? Uh, there's loads of um and ahhing in my head. In the end, I said, you know what? Let's share our time. Let's just go for it. I feel like you've done enough to win this game. I don't feel like I have done enough to win this game. Therefore, we're going to share the time. Um. And he was a super nice guy, and I was just like, you know what, we're having fun, let's just go for it. Mm -hmm. um, I Yeah, so I assumed he would bury me at that point. However, I did keep it to four points different at, at the end of the game. Wow. So it was 62 to 66 at the end of the game, wow. which was super close. And actually, I'm, I give myself a big high five in keeping it that close. Um, and I was overall, I know, you know, it was a loss, but I'm really happy to have kept it that close yeah, by the from, end of it he was a super nice that. guy it was one of his first tournaments um and i was just like yeah cool man well played well played you've had a couple cool. of days to sleep davy do you still feel like that was the right decision to make uh no you don't <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no 
I think, that's, I think Aaron, Aaron okay. said this really well, right? And I think, uh, sorry to dig you out, Aaron, here, but I was like, Aaron, what would you have done? He went, he said, I would have said, because Chris was talking about this as well, and we we're talking like, you know, time is a resource. If you use your resource, you shouldn't, like, him getting more resource and me getting less doesn't yeah. doesn't work out. The game is about resource management, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and then Aaron t- said, you know what, what you do is you say, well, we, let's mark this up as a win for, for me because you've used your resource. I've now got resource and I will win this game. But let's play it out and see what would have happened. Okay, and I think that's, that's a really strong outcome for both players because that way he gets the kind of, okay, I did really well, but I lost because it took me too long. So I need to get faster so that I can really take advantage yeah, of that amazing first turn I had. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I also then get to say, I actually did really well in scoring here and I would have scored more if all my shit didn't die. So like, like I would have used my resource and, and cleverly figured out how I won the game with all, with my time that was remaining. So I think that in, my, in hindsight, I think that's what I should have done. And that's definitely what I'll do in the future. But I'm not upset that I made that decision. I think it was the right decision at the right time at the right event as well. This isn't a hyper competitive event. Yeah, um, it was a, quite like a fun event and I was having a fun game and I just decided you know, this guy. This guy's cool enough, and I feel like he deserves to win this game after his awesome turn one. Yeah, absolutely. I think other people around the event made similar calls. I know Paul Bridge in his final game had similar and and, and shared his time. And I think there were several of us there who were were keen to to sort of rise to the spirit of the event. So I think I think you can be proud of doing that. And yeah, sounds like a workable solution for next time as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would say actually this is a bit of um, trumpet blowing for six plus plus. But every single one of you that came to this event. <laughs> came with the attitude that I want to create and helped create the atmosphere that I want to create at Saffron Walden. Um, I was very worried. Yeah, that's why Chris (laughs) Chris just had the chance. Oh my God. I I was very worried about scaling up from 20, 24, 20, 25 players up to 50. I, I feared that the atmosphere might go because more space points are available. People might take it more seriously. um, And therefore it would, become a little bit less special um, I was really really worried about that but actually fundamentally every single player was still playing in the way that I really want these Saffron Modern tournaments to be um, and, and people embraced that and, and people went with it so that's yeah, just what we're all absolute legends Maybe. Lewis what are you talking about because <laughs> <laughs> we're the best team in 5k I don't understand, uh, what, are, I don't understand how you're not aware of this by now well I mean I mean that goes out to the guys from 40k gaming as well who, who had a big contingent um, yeah. and uh, what have the other what was the other team had loads of people um, yeah absolutely so, there, yep. so yeah but everyone everyone was doing the same so that was really really good to see um, and that's a great example of it Davey I think and, and I think you still you, I think that your your tower opponent will have still realised he ran out of time and know hopefully will know for future that if he is on the clock he is going to need to speed up slightly but if he yeah, does yeah I spoke to him great. today actually I spoke to him today and fair play he was the one who wins to get the clock right because he wants to get better and I think right, that's yeah, super yeah. admirable he knew he. I think I think this is a message for all people who play 40k Know your weakness and try and improve on it. And he was exactly doing that by asking to play on the clock. So I was, I'm was i a big fan of, of him. I've spoke to him today, actually. Um, put him in touch with a friend of mine for some games. And um, yeah, top lad. So I'm looking forward to playing him again That's in the awesome. future. That's exactly what I want people to be doing and coming out of my events. That's exactly nice. the All right, cool. And then my so, last game was against a chap called uh, Will Fox with his Eldari. Uh, I did win this 184.67. So this was mm-hmm. my... Um, 
uh, my second win of the tournament. Another young lad who's been to Saffron Slam a few times. My plan went reasonably well, while Will's didn't, is essentially how this game went. Um, <laughs> he won if he could do the hokey-cokey with his warp ritual in the middle of the board and come back out with a guy on a bike um, and continuously threw things into my deployment zone and then did actions with his guardians. Like that's he was his plan. I won if I raised banners, stage well and pounced on him and absolutely just, just got it all over in his face. Yeah. Um, he didn't have many answers to Carnifexes or my flying hive tyrant with a five up Fiona Pain, uh, who he nearly killed, I think, on three occasions. And I kept bringing it with wounds back um, with the one CP stratagem. Um, it's, yeah, very tough for his army to deal with. I didn't have it all my way at all, but I, I maxed primary, um, nailed cranial feasting because he had quite a few characters, and my hive tyrant killed, I think, two or three Farseers. Um, and the other secondaries kind of made up the rest. Um, yeah, he popped some guardians into the corner to keep scouting the enemy, and it was really, really frustrating because I didn't want to spend any resources in going to deal with them. But at the same time, they're scoring two points every turn. I'm like, God, these things are annoying. Um, <laughs> however, the way that I stopped the warp ritual and the staging was essentially standing where he had to stage. And, um, you know, Eldar are fast, but they can't go the entire breadth of an entire board in one turn. So that kind of put the, it stifled his game plan. So overall, I think despite going 2-3, I had a net, so I have to, you know, this is my uh, justification for my poor score. Right, are you ready? Okay. Uh, <laughs> despite going 2-3, I had a net point score of plus 23. And I think I'm pretty happy with that. Like, if I had all my scores together, all my points scores together, I was up 23. The games I lost were very close, four mm -hmm. points, in four points, four points, and 10 points. So they were super close. And um, I, think I, I, I think, you know, moving forward, I'm not too disappointed with that. And, uh, you know, it, all it took was a couple of things that could have changed that entirely. So overall, 100%. pretty happy with the performance. Yeah, awesome. And Good. do you think, does Flying Hive Tyrant stay? Because I do really like that, and it was one yeah, of Yeah, 100%. I, was, I actually very, don't know what I changed in the I'm list. Really, Everything really in the list did work. I'm confused that Reaper Flying Tyrant isn't at all used anymore, because it just gives you a reach and a punch and a knockout blow for later stages of the game that is is really nice to have. And your opponent's terrified of it. They it just is, they see that wingspan on it and just so how far can it go on you go? It can, and then you say it can go 17 advance yeah. and charge with a spell. Yeah. It's remarkable. Yeah. And the it's free, free ones, savage. as much as they hit hard they just don't give you that kind of threat range. They don't give you that kind of reach. To be honest, I think cuz I'm umming and ahhing about taking Aldari to this next GT that we've got. Uh the Hertz GT in June. See you there if you're going. Mm. Um, I was um and ah about taking two high, flying hive tyrants just for a meme, but I've only got one, so I guess that's not happening. Um, Aaron's got one. Say, oh, Aaron has one. got one. Oh, is he glued it together? <laughs> no, no, no. I was going to say, glued it together, being pressed. All right, all right, Seth Xenos. Can we petition for a best Eldari next time, Lewis? I'd have, I'd have had that. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So that's so that's my roundup, guys, and I hope hopefully you've enjoyed our our recollections of the wonderful event of the weekend. Well done to everyone, super, and well done to Lewis fun. for running. It. Yeah, that's all right. Can I potentially um, indulge myself and do a couple of shout-outs? Go on then. Absolutely, Lewis. Cheers. Course. First up, I want to shout out Chris and Julian, and actually Tom as well, because Tom helped me on Friday night get everything yeah, set up. Um, Tom hopefully now has an experience of how much work and effort goes into putting these events together. There's no way I could do it on my own. I rely a lot, a lot on Chris carrying. and Julian. There's a lot of carrying, a lot of setting up, and, and Chris in particular as an absolute hero in terms of setting up the boards in between each game. Reorganising 25 boards of terrain in half an hour is a huge effort to do that. And obviously everyone's coming up and chatting to you and all this sort of stuff, and you're trying to create... Cause 
I don't want to create bowling alleys. I don't want people just to get shot off the board. So each of the boards does need to be quite carefully curated to try and make sure it works with all the objectives. So you lay out 25 different sets of objectives, move all the terrain around and try and do that in, in, in less than an hour over lunch. So to, there's no way I could do it on my own. And so massive shout out to Julian and, and Chris for helping with that. That's Top number luck. one. Number two, big shout out to Louis, Will and Harry, our three younger players that have come to the events. Will and Louis, you you guys both played uh, at least one of them. They come to a few events now. They are getting better and better and better. Strong, strong um, yeah. They they have gone from going zero and five, and now they're winning two or three games in each of these events now. So Absolutely. it's continually improved. Me amazing. Hundred percent. Harry as well. This was his second second event. Um, he in his first event was only getting to turn one, turn two in his games. He's now getting to turn three, turn four, um, and pulled out a draw this time as well. So he didn't lose all of his games. He got 68, 68 draw in his fourth game. So. Indeed, because he was a gent in that game. Fantastic, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so a huge shout out to all of those guys. Next we have uh, Jack Tight. He is on this chat, um, fresh off his. Peterborough GT win. He's come to Saffron Walden, won all five of his games and claimed another event trophy. So yeah. he didn't do it with the Thunderhawk, so frankly I'm disappointed in him. Um, but hopefully yeah. next time he'll bring his Thunderhawk gunship and also go in 5-0. And, and then very finally, also on the chat, Tom Bolton, who is the manager of Games Workshop Cambridge. Tom taught me how to play 40k probably 15, 16, 17 years ago. He taught Jack Tight how to play and he's now teaching Louis will and harry how to play Brilliant. so uh he is he's got a little stream of good well apart from me good gamers in the cambridge <laughs> essex area um that he's sort of nurturing and, and bringing forward so uh, um we i don't think we shout out games workshop staff enough but those the staff at, at games workshop especially that one in cambridge in terms of getting new players into the hobby and, and developing them to a point where they can come to our events and, and enjoy themselves and get stuck into the hobby i think that's uh, it deserves a shout out of its own nice. that's it like the uh, if you're Talk a wrestling fan now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, I don't you know the Hart, the Hart family, like they all come from the same trainer. Yeah. Um so it's kinda of like that. If, uh, if if you are a wrestling fan, if you're not, just nod and smile. Yeah. Cool. Uh all right, let's get into some questions about tenth, some information about tenth, and then after that, Tom, I don't suppose you've got the Discord open, I don't. Uh I'll, I'll, find, us, I'll find us some questions. I don't know if we had any in, but if people in the chat want to chuck messages oh, and yeah. podcast questions in, that'd be great. I'll make sure. Absolutely, guys. So does anyone want to talk about tenth? I'm going to go because it's Eldar Day. I'm going to go. Um, Bye. Those, El those Eldar rules. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Don't let the door hit you on the way those out. El those Eldari rules look phenomenally strong um, at this moment in time. We've obviously had a little sprinklings of rules for everything so far. It's We don't have the information. We can't go off all of what we've seen so far, but of all the bits that we've seen so far, I think outside potentially of Space Marines, this is very, very, very good. Um, Rerolls to hit and wound on everything. Strands dice look very good, um, and the weapons profiles look tailored still for what Eldar do, which is high AP, sort of glass hammer type damage. So uh, yeah, it looks it looks interesting. Yeah, the guardians look viable, right? Yeah, guardians look good. Bright lances look good. Um, having a bunch of sort of miracle dice equivalents off across the game is again you're just going to do so much with that if you're thinking a turn ahead. Uh, so yeah, powerful, powerful. Which is good. I mean, they're not getting a book for like a year, aren't they? So, I think having an index that can do stuff is going to be going to be important. Again, well, yeah, wait, wait. I have to think. A, I have to think a turn ahead. 
Oh, right. Get these in the bin. I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> you're asking a lot, Tom. You're asking a lot. Uh, yeah, well, you'd say you're, you're welcome to elves. We'll see, we'll see how you go. We're going to train Davey up with some elves because it's time. It's mm. time. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, Looking forward to it. First couple of times you lose, you die. You die hard if you get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyone else got any comments on 10th before we move on to questions? No, not I've, really. I've been so out of it that I've not looked at any of the reveals. So I'm in this kind of weird world where people are commenting on stuff that I have no clue on. Um, interestingly, I did play an Apocalypse game today at Warhammer World, which was good oh. fun. Nothing to do with tents, but it was a really good laugh. Nice. Cool. That's my excellent contribution. And was that all your army, or were you like on a team of people? Uh, team, we actually, um, there's an Instagram group called the Helpful Painters Movement, which is people from all over the world, in fact. And a few of us convened in Warhammer World, people from Sweden, Denmark, um, the States, us from the UK, um, played a 6,000 points of Chris's Orcs versus various Guard and Space Marine mishmash um, using the actual Apocalypse game rules, which if you haven't actually played Apocalypse, there's a Games Workshop have done a set of rules for Apocalypse games, which is like alternating excavations, um, all really slimmed down. So we were able to play a 6,000 point game in four hours. Um, so we had 12,000 points of stuff on the board and uh, and played it in four hours. So absolute laugh. We had the really cool, massive board at, at Warhammer World with the big bridge in the middle of it. So lots of stuff died, lots of explosions, big pie plates. It was it was all good laugh. But in this kind of hiatus between 9th and 10th, just going out and playing 40k how I love it, which is not too seriously. Yeah, very nice. nice. Right. Alternate activations. We should do that in 40k. In fact, you know what we should do? We should roll dice at the end of every battle round to find out who goes next. The one mechanic I do think is really interesting is that nothing dies until the end of the turn. Ooh. Yeah, so fun. you put wounds on stuff, but you don't make your armor saves till the end of the turn. Um, so you don't actually know if you've killed a unit. So you have to decide whether you want to put more firepower into something to guarantee it's dead or move on to something else and risk leaving it alive. And it also means that you always get to play with your toys. So, like, despite Chris's best efforts to kill the Falchion in one turn, I was always going to get to shoot it at least once um, because it would it would roll its saves at the end of the turn. So it's quite, especially in Apocalypse, when loads of stuff dies very quickly. <laughs> um, very nice. No, that so sounds interesting. very interesting, actually. That sounds really cool because, again, you don't know if a unit's dead or not. That's mm. uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, you see all the little blast markers accumulating on your unit and going, well, it's got a, it's got a, it's got D12s as well. So it's like, oh, it's got an eight plus save. So maybe it will die, but maybe it'll be all right. If I spike these saves, it'll be fine. And then I just bosh. Very nice. All right. I think that's us all for 10th for this week. We're going to do a more concise episode on 10th. Uh, we had a great uh, recommendation in our team chat about a video potentially ranking some of the uh, rules that we've seen so far. However, yeah. as I'm aware at the moment, uh, Tactical Tortoise is doing that video right now on his channel. So uh, <laughs> I think he's beat us to the punch. He's live now. But don't go there. Yeah, Stay here. People are waiting for something broken looking to start doing it, I think. And they got it today. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so Tactical Tortoise, get out of our chat. Uh, all right, let's move on to questions. Cool. We uh, have Tom, none. we have non-questions. Yep. All right. So the only question we have is Chris, as in Orky Colchester, Chris. I think that's aimed at you, Lewis. Yes, that, that is Orky Cultures to Chris. I don't know if Tom actually, that's come from Tom, as in Games Watch Manager Tom. I don't know whether Tom actually taught Chris how to play as well. Um, I think Tom had a period at Cultures the Games Workshop as well. So, um, But yes, that is the very same. He's got a very good wah, which I was he actually. Does. Harry. Aaron, please. 
yeah, Harry did a good war at the weekend, but Aaron <laughs> did not do any decent wars, so hence yeah, why I didn't get podium. Because I'm a respective and considerate opponent. Yeah, this will be good. I tried to get into a war. Zero for wars. Yes, I'm not sure that Tom near our table would have enjoyed a war on Sunday I would morning. not. I was, <laughs> I was honestly thinking I was just going to be sick in a bin on the way in <laughs> Sunday morning. But I got, my, my mood perked up when I got to flay some guardsmen instead of running into Chaos Knights. So that helped that out. <laughs> I'm sure everyone who listens to this podcast absolutely loves Tom because, and we, we all do. We think he's amazing. But Tom is the only person I've ever met with a hangover who literally, like most people, just stare at the ground or, or just wish they were dead. But Tom uh, literally goes, "Oh no, what am I going to do? I'm hungover." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just sitting there going, "What? How are you? How are you even talking, man?" Yeah, Very impressive. Uh, it's such not, a it's such not a good fun. person. I don't do it, but I do give you a good running commentary. Uh, uh, hot take by Scribble here. Wiring is poor sportsmanship. Uh, big <laughs> fan of that. And then let's go to Scribble's question. Which army are you each going to do for a new army, new edition thing? All right, let's go Louis first because I'm interested to see what Louis says here. So, interestingly enough, I am going to be getting the starter, starter set. Um, and uh, just, just to confirm, Tom Bolton did also teach Chris how to play 40k. So um, for all the rules he got wrong during the uh, any judging he had to do at the weekend, you can blame Tom. Um, yeah, I think I am going to get the starter set. Um, and although I already have 10,000 points of Tyranids, I am probably going to do some more Tyranids. So it's not really a new army, but I actually painted those Tyranids about 10 years ago, so they look crap compared to what I know I can do now. So I actually I would like to do a new Tyranid army painted in a way where my skills improved as a, as a painter. Um, I'd quite like to start again with that. Um, I do need to get my Imperial Fists up to 2,000 points, which I'm hoping the other half of the starter set will do. That'll bump that up to 2,000 points so I can play Imperial Fists until the Tyranids are ready. So it'll probably be a combination of using the starter set Tyranids, definitely repainting the Bio Titan, putting that into a new colour scheme, um, and then probably the Turvagon and whatever else I think looks cool from my existing Tyranid collection. So you're telling me Tyranids are so bad in this edition that you decided to play a Falchion uh with uh, imperial fist instead well so i was supposed to go to the the first peterborough um peterborough gt but i ended up getting really really ill the night before so i didn't make it and that the list i had was 100 gaunts 60 hormigaunts a turvagon and a bio titan Oh, nice. um, I, I think your body uh, saved you a bullet there, really. Yeah, I probably did. If you weren't ill afterwards, you were ill before, right? <laughs> I would be interested in your um, in your bug watches, Davey, if you've seen any lists that have the Biotitan in them doing well. Because yes. actually, fundamentally, I think it's quite good because it can fly. And yeah, with Onslaught, one. you can move it 24 inches a turn and then charge it. Yeah, so there's one bit of junk that you can do. I think I'm not sure if you can give it the. Um, think I think you can. You can give it a six-inch heroic intervention. Okay. And it's obviously enormous. Yeah. So what you do is you just sit in the middle of the board, and if they don't kill it, it you get into combat with something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing. Um, all oh, right. Those um, yeah. bio cannons are amazing. Sixteen shots at flat damage three or four, whatever they are. AP minus four. It's like. Come on. It's just normal shit nowadays, right? <laughs> 16 shots is quite a lot. <laughs> uh, Franco, what are, what are you planning for for it's, this edition? I don't think there's any point asking me this question, is it? Like, we all know the answer. I'm not going to be playing the army. Yeah, obviously. Um, no, obviously. I'm, I, I might, what I might do is I might try and make it a bit more interesting and 
try and do like for every like I don't know quarter of so every three months just play one god to try and oh, shake it up. Be, be cool. um, so yeah, to start off really with cool. yeah, to start off with hopefully fingers crossed Nurgle if it's good. Um, I hope I really hope um, and then oh, just every, right, every exactly every three months change to a different one oh god just to make it a bit interesting rather than just you know just throwing it all together but um but we'll see but yeah as faction itself i won't be changing faction fair enough aaron what are you thinking Custodes. i think i know what you're thinking Custodes. Custodes? Oh. Yeah. I've, been there. I've been i've been desperate He's to been paint them yeah. yeah i've been accumulating them i want to paint oh. them i've got a scheme i've got in my head that i really want to paint but i'm having to uh, stay strong and disciplined and continue with the orcs. What yeah. scheme are you thinking? I want uh, black plate armor with like a really sort of warm but dark bronze on all of the trimming. Oh, I think that'd be really nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's man. nice not to have them like really, really shiny. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it, it looks really nice where I've mocked it up and that. It, it does look really cool. So I was like, I wanted to do that. Have you got a test model you can show us? No, I do in not. A chat. No, just lives rent free in his head. If I had a test model, I'd have, I'd have an army, and I wouldn't have had the um, orcs all converted up. So. Indeed. And Tom, what are you thinking of for tenth edition? Um, I think I will acquire some Tyranids, um, but yeah. I think we'll be, as I said the new year and new army thing that John references is we're probably going to make some sort of small form content where a bunch of six plus pluses collect like baby start of army and track that progress all that all that good stuff maybe play some little baby games to demonstrate what the rules are doing early on um and for that because none of us in the team currently have them i think i'd probably truck on with the votan i've been doing because i've painted like three units of votan i haven't really got them done i think their ninth rules are a trash fire um and i think i think they probably can't get it that wrong twice so i'm quite excited to see what space tools look like in the, in the new rules with 10. a votan you mean yeah 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 because you're gonna get, you gotta get like hundred. You must get hundreds of models, right? For the, with those rules, there must be. Yeah, I think it's gonna be very different. I, I, yeah. I would, I would anticipate it being very different. And I think, yeah, uh, I like armies with more models on the board as we know. So I think that'd be absolutely. Yeah. And they're very small, so it's quite easy to print, to print them very they're quickly. They're adorable right? to paint. They're, they're a bit of a frustrating build, but they paint very quickly. They, yeah, they're, they're really cool. Very nice. What you thinking, I will be thinking. I'll be thinking of Eldari, I think. So, yeah, boy. Um, what I really, really enjoy from, I mean, so I did play Salamanders when I first got into ninth and then uh, hated the play style because it was just slow and lumbersome. You just move up the field, melting stuff. And that's kind of fun. But I've kind of fell out with that kind of play style. And then I went to Tyranids. Um, then a, a two days later, they announced the book and I was like, sick. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, and I mean, what I've really enjoyed about Tyranids is is the speed and the, the absolute you know dynamic player and you can obviously tilt any direction you can go shoot you can go you can have a mediocre play in any style but <laughs> but what i really really like is that is that speed of uh, the hormigans flying up the battlefield cracking um uh what you call them now i think raveners just running up the field high flying high tyrant like that being able to flex that a little bit and just really make people think I really love, I'm like a blue player in, in Magic, right? So I really like luring my opponent into traps or et cetera, et cetera. And I think that Eldari will definitely lean into that. So looking forward to it. Already got some models, painting them up. Um, found a cool scheme that on the internet of someone who used oil paints. Can't replicate it, but they look okay. Uh, so we're going with that. 
going to be really cool, man. Exciting. Indeed. But I think that leaves us leads us to the nicely to the end of this show. Um, thank you to everyone who has listened. Uh, we've hit some pretty good highs in terms of viewer numbers today, so very much thank That's you for, for for watching. Please like this video before you go, right? Before you set yourself off to bed, brush your teeth, just give us a like because it really helps us get into more people's ears. Uh, and also subscribe to 6++, Plus Plus Plus, as Tom mentioned earlier. Tell We're going to have some sick, sick content parents. coming up. So, for 10th. Yeah, so, we're going to go big in 10th, guys. Until then, we're just uh, just taking it pretty easy breezy on here with all absolutely. you people. It's pretty good. Pretty fun. Indeed. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, I've been uh, Val Hesselfinger, and I will catch you all <laughs> next time. Bye.